0: Hello and welcome, you are listening to Uncut, the podcast about how to stay surgery free and live a healthy lifestyle. I'm Dr. Tom Padilla, owner of the Doctors of Physical Therapy. It's a clinic that leads the US in helping adults over 30 to avoid surgery and drugs and live an active, healthy lifestyle. If you're looking for ways to maximize not only the years in your life, but the life in your years, you're in the right place. We are committed to delivering information that will help you live life today and for many, many years to come. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Uncut. Today we're gonna talk about habit change and how to do the things that ultimately lead to a lifestyle where you can have the best shot of avoiding surgery and leading a full, happy, healthy life without any physical limitations. The reason that we're focusing on habit, there are a couple quotes that I'm going to start out with. The first one is, to know and not to do is not to know. And a lot of the times, the common thing that we hear from our clients is, I know what I'm supposed to do, but I just can't get myself to do it. And so the quote is, to know and not to do is not to know. I don't know who said this, it was an ancient Chinese proverb. But the second quote that's often thrown around Is that thoughts lead to actions, which then lead to habits. If we look at these two quotes, we can see that it's thoughts that we have to actually affect in order to change the actions that we do, which in turn changes the habits. And this is where a lot of people go wrong, especially uh, I'm recording this around in January. Um, Everybody knows that January is a time to set New Year's resolutions. And so we all get together and declare these big, hairy, audacious goals um, for the next year. And within a couple months, we find that we have fallen off the rail. I think the statistics are somewhere in the 90, high 90 percentages of people who don't actually follow through with their resolution. And the reason for it is actually, once you start to understand it, pretty straightforward and simple. And it's because we have focused on the outcome and not on what needs to change within ourselves or within the processes that we have for ourselves to enable us to achieve those outcomes. Most of the time, people are focusing on lifestyle overhaul. But this is a shock to the system and difficult to maintain because you're declaring a goal and changing your entire lifestyle without having the systems set up in order to help you achieve that. These systems can be environmental, such as uh, the food that's available in your house. They can also be environmental, such as the people that you choose to spend time with that might be leading to to poor habits and lifestyle choices. And ultimately, these lifestyle choices are what can lead people down a path to where they become very unhappy with how they are physically, they're constantly inflamed, they're constantly lethargic, they're apathetic, they don't know what to do to get out of it. And at this point, they lack the willpower to be able to pull themselves out of it or to figure out a solution. So we're going to be talking about how to make small changes, small imperceptible changes that compound over time. Einstein quoted the law of compounding as as one of the next wonders of the world. Because whether you're talking about compounding interest on money or compounding benefits from small habit changes that you make throughout the day, the end result over a greater period of time can be absolutely astounding. Building a habit is enabling yourself to do something or make a decision without having to think about it. So when we break down what habits are at the end of the day, it's Conditioning yourself to do something to the point where you actually don't have to think about how that decision has come about. This is important because what research has shown is that willpower is actually finite. We do not have an unending supply of willpower within ourselves for each day. And what tends to happen is at the beginning of the day, when faced with the decisions, we have the willpower to start making the right choices. But by the end of the day, when we come home from work and we're tired and the kids are doing whatever and all this jazz, we don't have the willpower to be able to make the right decision a lot of the time. And so we need to set ourselves up and build habits in a way that makes it so that we do not actually have to be making these difficult decisions when our willpower is at its least. So people set goals without building the systems to achieve them. And this is one of the primary reasons that habits fail. Two of the other reasons that people fail to reach their goals is changing the wrong thing when thinking about changing their habits or changing habits in the wrong way. In order to actually be able to change your habits and change the systems that lead to the outcomes that you want, you have to actually focus on changing the right thing and changing the habits in the right way, which will enable you to build the systems in order to achieve those goals that you're setting. The three ways that people typically set goals are outcomes-focused versus process-focused versus identity-focused. So if we're making an outcome-based goal, we're trying to change the outcome, such as how much you weigh, or how many nights of the week you come home and have a drink, or how many nights you go and exercise each week. Process goals are a little bit more effective, and they have to do with setting processes for actually being able to make those things occur, such as, as soon as I take my work shoes off, I'm going to put my gym shoes on. And that will start the process of getting ready to go to the gym and hopefully result in you going to the gym. But the third way and the most powerful way to start creating new habits is through identity. For a lot of people, this can actually be the scariest way to start to try to change their habits because they don't know that they're going to like the person on the other side. A lot of people were brought up or, you know, still believe that I shouldn't have to change for someone else to appreciate me. If you don't appreciate yourself, the only person that you are hurting with not changing is you. So that is actually the only person in the world you should change for. When it comes to fear of being judged or disliked for starting a new habit or starting not to hang out with people who reinforce bad habits, you shouldn't be worrying about what those people think you should be worried more about, what you will think of yourself in five years if that habit has not changed. And this is going back to that quote at the beginning of your thoughts are what lead to actions, which are then what lead to habits. And your identity is what creates those thoughts. So only through changing your identity will you be able to change your thoughts. And we can get into subconscious versus conscious thoughts. You will have thoughts that lead to your old bad actions, which could lead to your old bad habits. But the goal here is to enable yourself to be aware of when those thoughts are happening so that you can replace those thoughts with thoughts that align more with the identity that you wish to have. Your identity, ironically, is also determined by your habits. So it's actually a loop. Your identity creates your thoughts. Your thoughts create your actions. Your actions create your habits, which in turn. Form your identity, and your identity then creates your thoughts. By changing what you do, you change who you are. So now we're going to talk about the habit loop, okay? Because ultimately, the question that you have to answer with each activity or habit that you're forming is, does this behavior help me become the type of person that I wish to be? Let's talk about building habits in the habit loop. What is the habit loop? By the way, if I haven't said it to this point, a lot of this information is well-researched and most of it can be found succinctly in the book called Atomic Habits. So when you're building habits, the habit loop is the cue followed by the craving, followed by the response, which is followed by the reward. So if we take each of these and break it down, if we're trying to create a good habit, we want to set our environment up to have obvious cues. The habits with the most cues are often the habits that are reinforced the easiest and have the most likelihood of winning out. With craving, we want to make the reward attractive. Joining a group that supports positive decisions with whatever habit you're trying to achieve would make it very attractive to be able to do that habit because we all crave the social approval of the group that we have elected to be a part of the response. You want to make your response, the thing that you have to do in response to that cue, easy. You don't want to get bogged down in the details such as, oh, I need to research for hours and hours and find the exact right diet plan that gives me all the right macronutrients. And if you start going down that path, you're going to get bogged down and defeated really quickly rather than taking simple action steps that you can towards that goal. At the beginning, You want your response to take less than two minutes to accomplish. That's going to give you the easiest, meaningful way to actually grasp on and make this habit change. And then reward. The first three things here, cue, craving, and response. These are the things that make it so that you'll do the behavior this time. Making the reward satisfying is what you need to do in order to reinforce that you will want to do that behavior next time. Using a habit tracker is a great way for this. We advise a lot of our clients at the Doctors of Physical Therapy to use a habit tracker when we're starting to work on making lifestyle changes with them. So, for example, if they accomplish whatever habit they want to do for that day, they put an X on a calendar. And the goal is to make as many X's in a row as you can. And the rule is to never miss more than one day with an X. One of the biggest mistakes that we see people make with trying to establish new habits is being so hard on themselves when they miss a goal for a day. That punishment feeling or feeling unsatisfied or feeling like you failed is a lot of times what leads people to falling off the rails. But we have to understand ourselves as human beings that it's impossible. It's not possible to be in the right 100% of the time and we have to accept and give ourselves that laterality. A lot of the time we're much more lenient with other people than we are ourselves. So going in with the expectation that you're going to make an X every single day may in fact be setting yourself up for failure. And maybe you're a person that can do that, but it'd be wise to set a plan for when and if that does not occur, how you will feel, how you will respond, and what the rule is for when that happens. Such as if you did have a social event and you decided to overeat or miss a workout, that's totally fine. It's human. But what do you do in response to that? Do you go beat yourself up and fall off the rails and say all is lost? Or do you say, all right, well, that's my one day that I get off and next and tomorrow I'm going to try to make a chain of start a chain of X's that is longer than the one that preceded it. So a lot of the time using a habit tracker is one of the best ways to keep yourself on track. But a close second to that is having a plan for when that does not go well and expecting setting your expectations accurately so that you know that when you do have that, when and if it does happen, that it's not a failure, it's simply part of the process. And we are in pursuit of a more perfect process the entire time, rather than actually being perfect, which most of us can acknowledge is is not possible. So if we're talking about bad habits now, how do you break bad habits? Okay, so if we're talking about cues, we wanna make them invisible. Hide them, set up your environment so that you don't have those cues. The first step to this, let's say you like making a drink for yourself every night when you get home from work, and this is the habit that you're trying to break, but you keep your alcohol out on the kitchen counter, and you start to notice when you get home that although you have good intentions, you see it, and that little voice in the back of your head starts to say, this could be the one day that I break that X. It won't be such a bad deal. And then if you notice that that starts to happen again and again, you have now found your cue which is in itself a big success. What your next task to do is, is to remove that cue from your environment so that you never see it, so that you don't set yourself up for failure or having to use willpower, which you likely don't have anymore because you just spent all day breaking your back at work, right? The second thing is to make it unattractive when we're talking about craving. So if having an accountability partner And you have to report to them each time that you actually don't complete the habit. This is one way to make it unattractive. Another way to make a bad habit unattractive is to list out all the benefits of avoiding that habit. Keep that list in your pocket for a month. Every time you feel yourself wanting to do that habit, take that list out and read all the benefits that you could actually achieve in this moment by avoiding that habit. The third thing to do is to make it difficult. Make it difficult to accomplish that habit. Make it so that you have to do another undesirable task or put time in the way of you having to make that decision and engage in that habit. And the last part is to make it unsatisfying. So when you make it unsatisfying, you make it, again, so that you have to report to a group, perhaps, when you haven't been able to avoid that habit. So again, these are things that help you to Set up your environment to create better habits so that you can say yes when you ask yourself the question, Does this behavior help me become the type of person I wish to be? Let's come back to identity. Within Atomic Habits, or maybe it's The Power of Habits, those are two great books uh, on habit that succinctly present a lot of the, the best research. They give an example of two types of people that are trying to quit smoking. You ask the first person, Hey, would you like a cigarette? And one of them says, No thanks, I'm trying to quit. And you ask person two, and their response is slightly different. They say, No thanks, I do not smoke. The second response is an identity based response. While the first response, the person is still holding on to the identity that they are a smoker, but they are in the process of trying to quit. By observing your own language and behavior and thought process, you can start to identify the identity that you have. And if it is your identity that you wish to change so that you can have better thoughts and actions and habits, then you must start by figuring out what the identity that you currently hold as true is and start using vocabulary and thought patterns that reinforce what that person or a person with those habits, actions, and behaviors would do. You can develop a habit plan to help you achieve this. For example, when blank occurs, I will do blank. When I get home from work, I will change into my gym clothes, right? There's that example again. When I get home from work, I will walk the dog instead of pouring myself a drink. You want to construct this in a way that you're saying, I will do this behavior at this time at this location. That way you have two different cues. The first cue is the time. The second cue is the location. By inserting the behavior, and if you've done a good job making that behavior or your response to that cue easy, such as just changing into your gym clothes, and you get the reward and satisfaction of putting that X on the calendar to make it your 15th day in a row without missing an X, then you'll find yourself on your way to creating good habits. The last key here is to reflect and review. You want to establish time and put it on the calendar to where you're going to perform an honest self-assessment of how you're doing. It could be as simple as saying pass or fail. If it's fail, then you want to investigate how this has come about in the first place and start looking back at why it was challenging to change these habits. Did you change the wrong thing? Did you change the habits in the wrong way? Did you focus on the outcome? Did you focus on the process? Have you been focusing on changing your identity? And if you haven't, is there a fear within that? Fear of what happens when you succeed, who will you be? Will you like the person that you are? Fear of what others will say if you tell them, no thanks, I'm, I'm trying to quit or I'm on a diet or I'm trying to change my lifestyle. Fear of leaving the group that you're currently in that continuously perpetuates bad habits instead of finding a group that supports the habits that you're trying to create. Once you've done that, you can then restart building those habits, identifying the cues, setting yourself up for success. At the end of the day, it is our habits that determine who we ultimately become in the picture of health and wellness. When we eat too much and we don't exercise or move enough, when we drink too much, when we don't have enough of a social life, these are the things that affect us emotionally, spiritually, physically, and over the long run, build us into people who we do not appreciate that we have become. So when it comes to living an active, healthy lifestyle where you can avoid all sorts of orthopedic or various other types of surgical intervention that would be otherwise a solution to a deep problem that has been created by your habits, figuring out the thoughts and the actions and the habits and the cues and the cravings and the responses and the rewards Is hands down some of the best time that you could ever spend working on yourself. Because at the end of the day, if you can set yourself up so that you don't have to think about those things, then you can use your decision making power and your willpower to actually be making bigger decisions of how you get to the next level in your life. That's all I have for you today. I highly recommend the books Atomic Habit and The Power of Habit for understanding other people around you. And ultimately, a better understanding of yourself so that if there's something in your life that you wish to change that has led to an outcome that you are currently dealing with that you do not like, you will now have the power to change that. And ultimately, having the ability to make that decision is the greatest tool that anyone could have. Until next time, like and share this podcast. Let me know what you think. Comments are always welcome. Make sure you subscribe. Visit us at thedoctorsofpt.com for lots of helpful tips and information that you can use to make your life better. Just head over to our blog and subscribe to our newsletter. Until next time, this is Dr. Tom Padilla, owner of the Doctors of Physical Therapy in Scottsdale, Arizona, where we help our patients live life today.